0: Hello and welcome to the Leaders' Council podcast, the podcast for the people who run the country and the people who keep the country running. You join us on another bright day here in the capital city as once again we put the topic of leadership under the spotlight. My name is Scott Challoner and I'm delighted to be joined on today's programme by Richard Fox. Richard is the Managing Director of Fox Silver, a Croydon-based designer and manufacturer specialising in precious metals and gemstones. Richard, very warm welcome to you and thank you ever so much for taking the time to join us today.
1: Thank you very much for inviting me on your podcast and uh, yes, it's a lovely day here in, in London and in fact Sonny Croydon. Um, leadership, what does that mean to me? I think really it's something that um, I was uh, taught probably at uh, university and then on to the Royal College of Arts. So it was something that gave me confidence uh, and allowed me to explore my full design potential. Uh, throughout my career, I consider, consider myself to be very fortunate to be working with such uh, iconic brands such as Formula One, mm-hmm. Rolls-Royce motorcars, and uh, various uh, whiskey manufacturers producing very high-end bottles. Uh, but alongside that, I also work uh, very closely with Lambert Palace. Uh, so I do I make a lot of religious pieces or ecumenical pieces, and uh, there's a, a number of my pieces uh, through the Silver Trust at uh, the State Dining Room at Downing Street. Um, so, leadership. Uh, I started off uh, from uh, the Royal College of Art with a toolkit. Um, over the ensuing uh, early years, I discovered that I had to use uh, subcontractors and so on uh, to help me produce my work uh, for the various clients that I've worked with. Uh, and eventually decided that it was time to grow the business after about four years, um, and uh, that's when I took on my first employee. Um, over the years, we we've grown, we've shrunk as well during the, the the awful depression in the late eighties. That taught me a lot. Uh, I was able to diversify my business, and we did a lot of work with um, high end architects. And uh, so the business has grown again and we're now 14 strong. Um, I have a factory now with my wife in Croydon. Uh, my wife is responsible for the jewellery side of the business. Um, we're currently uh, working with, as I say, some globally recognised businesses. Um, we start in a very small way with them. They'll probably come to us for a small commission. Uh, and over the years, we we build our confidence and our infrastructure with them so to the extent that we become... Uh, the largest supplier of trophies to Formula One. Um, we also supplied to other races, such as World uh, Rally, and uh, first-tier supply with Rolls-Royce motor clubs, uh embellishing uh, the interiors and indeed uh, creating the precious metal spirit of ecstasy, as you can see on the uh, bonnet. So, yeah, leadership. Uh, I think I've been... Rewarded so well during my career, uh, not least because of my engagement with uh, my livery company, the Goldsmiths Company, uh, my passion for seeing our industry grow, uh, be a world leader uh, in, in that area, and indeed supporting uh, the, the, the new people that are coming through today through education. Uh, through our goldsmiths Center. So I find myself in the unenviable position as uh, prime warden. That happened on May the 20th. Mm. And so now I I look after that side of it. So really basically the CEO of the Goldsmiths uh, company in London. So, yeah, leadership to me means uh, a lot of responsibility, but I love it.
0: Mm. And it's good that you've really um, taken that responsibility in your stride, for sure. And if we think about um, sort of your leadership style in the context of your colleagues and now Richard, how would you describe that in terms of how you work with them?
1: Uh, I think it's really important to uh, embrace cutting-edge technologies. Uh, If you're not going to be doing that, uh, I think that you would uh, perhaps not um be the company that we would now um and indeed there are several other small very specialist bespoke companies such as mine not many um less than half a dozen i should think uk wide uh, but we have a global out- outreach but it's important to embrace new technologies along with the skill craft and look after your clients. absolutely critical you have to be there uh 24 7.
0: It's a really interesting point that you mentioned about embracing new technologies and innovations because that's something that's really come to the fore in this present time, hasn't it, with the emergence of COVID 19 and businesses that haven't modernised before are now having their hand forced into doing so. So that's um, quite an interesting uh, point. Um, If we backtrack, however, um, Richard, just for a moment, um, I'm interested to understand at what stage you knew that taking on your own leadership and opening up your own business was going to be the path that you would eventually go down because I understand that you studied at um, Middlesex Polytechnic uh, for some time, um, and you were also uh, part of the uh, the Royal College of Art as well. But what would you say was the point where you knew that opening Fox Silver was the way forward?
1: Um, Well, really, going back to my my days at the Royal College of Arts, we were, uh, in the final year, we were allowed to um, ask uh, students in the first year to assist us with our production if we needed it. So I think if my memory serves me right, I had six people working for me. And maybe that just started that spark. Um, mm. And I've, I, I've always designed uh, with the mind of um, making tableware, so uh, reproduction, that sort of thing. So there was always this this idea that I would use industry and uh, probably other people to help me create the pieces that I make today. Um that said, we're very small, but then we have lasers here, we have rapid prototyping. Uh, we have all sorts of uh, processes here, um, which you know you might see in an engineering company or something like that, but we also have the handcraft skills as well. So it's about merging uh, those technologies and it's about thinking laterally. And if mm-hmm. you don't do that, then I'm afraid uh, you, you you don't move forward. Uh, We have to move very quickly. I've noticed over the years with uh, the growth of the internet, uh, so for example, if we get uh, an inquiry, invariably we'll have all designs completed uh, within a few days or the concept sketches and they're with the client anywhere in the world. Uh, And it's about responding quickly to people's needs. And I think that is one thing that's changed. Um, I can certainly remember getting my first fax machine, which cost an absolute fortune to lease. Um, But it certainly started to change the world. And as I say, now we've got the internet. uh, Everybody, uh, I think, just thinks that uh, we can produce things very rapidly, which to a degree we can. But uh, if you want the uber special stuff, it might take a, a few days longer.
0: And um, just fast-forwarding again to the uh, the here and now, because you've already talked about the importance of technology and innovation, especially in the context mm. of these current times. Um, I'm interested to understand, Richard, how um, you have had to adapt to meet the challenges of this pandemic and how that's affected you um, as a business as well as yourself and your colleagues and how they've taken to it, because it's posed some incredible challenges, this pandemic, hasn't it?
1: It certainly has, and indeed we we have uh, certainly not been um uh we we have certainly been affected by it. So uh we've lost quite a bit of business uh over, over the last few weeks. Uh but then we've seen other other work come back in. So um I'm quite hopeful and um, working towards uh the next two to three to six months uh we can see that things will lift off again. Um, but again it's being able to respond and it's having that technology in the house that allows us to um move forward. Um, and it's about investment. You know, you have to invest in your business. If you don't do that, you will atrophy and uh, uh, and fail. So we're, I'm constantly looking at new opportunities. Uh, and also, uh, during this period, we've taken the opportunity to introduce casting, for example, into the business. Uh, so that department will open up fairly uh, fairly soon, and it just adds another string to our bow, which makes us more more independent and more efficient.
0: And a key part of leadership as well in general is being able to learn from mistakes and setbacks. And this has been one of the biggest setbacks that business has had to face. And you also mentioned earlier the uh, the depression in the, uh, the 70s and 80s um, as well, Richard. Um, What did you actually take away from the experience of both that crisis and this crisis that we're going through now? Is there anything that you really have learned?
1: Yes, yeah, certainly. Um, uh, during the sort of late eighties, when we had that terrible depression, uh, I had too many eggs in too few baskets. So uh, diversification—it's uh, that's what's kept us going. Right now, we've had um, uh, we we have quite a, a range of clients um, that over the years uh, we've built up. They're global clients. Um, we are in a luxury business, um, although we say from a type into a trophy. Um, um, and if it weren't for the fact that we were diverse, I think our business would be in very serious trouble. Um, and really from, from the last five, six years, I think we've gone from strength to strength, um, uh, increasing our turnover every year, um, finding new clients within this sort of, um, high-end luxury, um, uh, business. But it's worked very, very well for us and, that isn't going to go away it's just stalled slightly but fortunately we've had a lot of uh, a lot of commissions that we've been working on anyway uh, that were already in place so we probably work on a sort of six month uh, timeline that sort of thing and of course we get um commissions that come back to us annually as well
0: yeah. So it's fantastic to hear that the business is um, sort of ticking along quite nicely in that sense. Um, Given, of course, some of the uh, other big names that you have collaborated with over uh, previous years um, as well, Richard, I'd be interested to know um, if there's anybody that you've encountered throughout your career who has really proved an inspiration to you or inspired you. And if nobody really sticks out as an individual, perhaps maybe some experiences that have had a profound influence.
1: I think certainly my my professor when I was at college, Gerald Benny, was one of the finest silversmiths in the country at the time. Sadly, no longer with us. Um, And uh, really, he his business was built on diversity, and uh, it's probably very similar to mine now, with a similar number of staff. Um, So it's about being flexible. Um, And then I think the people that I've met in those businesses, um, people like Bernie Ecclestone, you know, he he was. Um, gave me my first very large commission in the very early eighties, and I can recall him um, meeting him. I was up against uh, five other silversmiths, and um, we had a chat about his requirements. It was actually his trophy at the time that he wanted to give Bernie Eccleston trophy, and um, it was a Monday evening. He asked how long it would take for me to create the designs. So I thought, well, you know, this is quite a big project. So would uh, a week on Friday be appropriate? And his answer was, I go to South Africa on Thursday morning. So I said, see you Wednesday evening. And I think that sort of learning curve has set me up for my um, business that I see today. And that's my attitude. Uh, And certainly my manager, John uh, Cutbush, um, says that I don't know the word no, so, so we've got a great team here, very skilled people, and uh, we all love what we do, and we're like a family. So uh, it works, you know. Mm.
0: And um, based upon the experience that you've accumulated, as well as what you've learned from those um, individuals, Richard, if you were to actually give some uh, advice to somebody who was maybe about to start their first day in a leadership role within a business, what sort of advice would you give them?
1: Goodness me, um, I. Well, as I said at the beginning of this interview, well, no, if I had any question, I said no. Let's go for it. So um, that that's always been my my um, I don't know my motto, if you like. Uh, if I see an opportunity, I go for it, and uh, then I try and work out how I'm going to make it later uh, or, or uh, achieve what I, I need to do. Um, so I think you need to have you have to have confidence in your abilities. Um, So learn as much as possible, read as much as possible, um, see what your competitors are doing, not just in this country, but abroad. Um, Because believe you me, even though we have a very successful business, there are people that would uh, love to take it off you. So you always have to be one one step ahead of the game. And uh, certainly it's about looking after your clients. Absolutely. We we bend over backwards for them and, and really, really give the best, um, uh, quality of work that you can possibly achieve. And I think that, that's uh, really an adage for our success.
0: And if we think about now what the future holds uh, for yourself and for the uh, the business, uh, Richard, over the course of the, uh, the next year or so, what do you envision and what do you hope to achieve as we move through the current COVID-19 situation and begin to look to the long term under this new normal that everybody's talking about and what that might bring?
1: Yes. Well, obviously, we're talking with our clients. Things are changing very slightly with them because, of course, they're taking stock of the situation. Um, So quite a number of projects have been put on hold. But um, as a designer myself, I'm able to then promote and suggest things that we can do. Uh, And indeed, as a first-tier supplier, for example, to Rolls-Royce, we have a really good uh, relationship with our bespoke design team. Uh, and we're constantly looking at how we can uh, improve their product. So it, it's it, it's a two-way thing, uh, and that's the sort of area that we're we're looking at. Um, certainly with Formula One, races have been cancelled, so we've lost some, but then the races are coming back, and we've been very fortunate to pick up three new races, so hence being the largest supplier to date uh, for Formula One. Um, so... It's really about looking toward how we can work with the partners that we already have, uh, but we're looking sideways at other areas as well, so luxury boats, that sort of thing. Um, so there's, there's, there are other opportunities, as I see it. Um, can't say too much more than mm. carry carry on as before, but increase. <laughs>
0: And given how informative it's been discussing some of this uh, with yourself uh, today, uh, Richard, I think it would be absolutely fantastic if we could catch up in the next year to maybe discuss then some of the new initiatives that the businesses are getting involved with, I think not just for myself, but also from a listener's perspective. That would be really, really interesting.
1: Um, Well, I'd uh, be delighted to accept, and um, hopefully we've gone from strength to strength. And uh, uh, by next May, uh, my prime wardship at the Goldsmiths Company uh, uh, will have been over. It will be one year Uh, which has been very, very unusual uh, for me because normally I'd be uh, hosting uh, dinners and meeting Mm. people and going out to educational establishments. So it's all very much online now. And that's teaching me a lot as well. I mean, I find it fascinating. And in fact, there's very much a sort of um, get-it-done attitude um, with everybody that we're working with. Uh, and indeed, we've launch, launched a COVID-19 fund through through the livery company, which has uh, gone out to our industry. We're looking at supporting with match grants. So there's a whole host of other things that I'm also involved with. And really, it's about supporting um, the craft as it is now but also looking towards the educational we're looking at a lost generation of students that can't exhibit their work and seeing how we can support that so you know this is an area that i came from originally uh, myself so i'm hugely passionate about being able to actually do something positive um and and we're starting that we're, we're, we're on that road we're on that journey
0: And it would be great to just see exactly where that journey does uh, take you as well, Richard. It's a shame we're just about out of time on today's programme. Otherwise, we could discuss it long into the afternoon, I'm sure. Um, But it's been an incredible pleasure having you uh, join us uh, today and discuss this. And um, most importantly, until we do touch base again um, in future, do take care and do stay safe with all still going on. Because even though lockdown restrictions are starting to ease, we're certainly not out of the woods with COVID-19 yet, for sure.
1: Well, thank you, Scott. It's been a pleasure to, to talk to you and uh, onward and upward.
0: Likewise, that was Richard Fox speaking, the managing director of Fox Silver. Coming up next on today's programme, I'll be handing over to Jonathan White for his exclusive interview with England's 1966 football World Cup hero, Sir Geoff Hurst. During his professional career, Sir Geoff scored over 200 league goals for the likes of West Ham United and Stoke City. But most notably, he remains the only man to this day to have scored a hat-trick in the final of a World Cup competition. And that came after his treble in England's 4-2 victory over West Germany at the old Wembley Stadium 54 long years ago now. And I hope you enjoy listening just as much as Jonathan enjoyed speaking with him. That is coming up next.
2: Uh, we're now joined, uh, though, by former England footballer and still the only man to score a hat-trick in a World Cup final. So, Jeff Hurst, uh, thank you very much for coming on today. Uh, You're
3: welcome. You're welcome. Good afternoon.
2: Absolutely, and in those early days um at west Ham uh, with with a manager like, like uh, ron uh, there it's also important to have uh uh confidence with your other players and of course they become your friends. Who did you look at to at the time uh when to inspire confidence in yourself was it more was it Peters
3: I think probably well, I was very fortunate to play with the talent of the players I did. they've gone fairly well and we're going to do a series of uh, theatre shows in fact starting this week over the next uh, two, three months and uh, at the end of the theatre shows we have about 20 minutes where we uh, uh, allow the people in the audience to ask questions and the, the, there's I won't mention both they're too long to talk about both questions um, one the other ones a really stupid one it's too long for me to tell you it's absolutely ridiculous okay. but the, the the other ridiculous question I get asked
2: uh, well, I mean, I can you sorry. want me telling tell you if
3: you want. You got time? I can tell I you if you want.
2: Jeff, go on, go. On. I think I'd be, it would be silly if I said no at this point. Okay, so I was uh, doing a, a
3: at a dinner in in the Channel Islands, three or four hundred people, black tie dinner, uh, guest of mm-hmm. And this occasion, I was speaking for about twenty minutes, then allowing uh, questions from the audience at the end of the evening. And there was few football questions, and then all of a sudden, I had a somebody at the back who Looking at There's that, so many, yeah, so many, and that's why we we're successful because we had so many, um, showing all those qualities that you just mentioned, uh, throughout the team. I think that that was outstanding, and uh, uh, and it's an opportunity to, to talk about uh, all of them in, in that breath. And there was nobody, and i going back from an earlier earlier question for me that, um, all hard nosed professionals, good, good teammates, mm. good socially.